This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Metro FM family. I thank God for you because I know you have been dealing with a lot of delays and sound effects in the recordings and so on and so on. So thank you for continuing to tune in. Thank you for your patience and long suffering. And thanks again for joining us here on Metro FM. I'm grateful to Radio Box. I'm grateful for all of the people who are in the WhatsApp group and people come and people go, but I'm grateful for this ministry opportunity. I just wanted to start off saying that and let you guys know that I appreciate you and I'm thankful. Well, we're in the book of Third John, and there's actually a, something we're going to zero in on right now. You know, sometimes in these epistles, because they were written by penmen who were inspired by the Spirit of God, there are often little notes in there that you really can't read into. You know, there are particular notes about a person or a greeting to a certain person. And of course, it teaches us about hospitality and the structure of letters, but you can't really pull any principles out of them per se. They're just a personal um, thing that is put in there. But in the midst of all that, because these letters, these epistles, these books are inspired by the Holy Spirit, you also see what is really something worth focusing on. And we're finishing off the book of 3 John. We're in verses 5 all the way through, actually. 5, 6, 7, and 8 here, all the way to 14. Let's get to the right one. We're in the last several verses of this book. And it's the closing, among other things. But it's also verses 9 through 14. Thank you, guys. There's also a verse right in the midst of here that we're going to spend a little bit of time on. So I'll finish by reading it to you, verses 9 through 14. And uh, it goes something like this in the King James Version. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Friends, our friends, salute thee. Greet the friends by name. So without reading anything into this personal expression here, obviously the tone of the letter before this was about the importance of hospitality and the biblical support of being hospitable towards other believers and uh, especially towards missionaries who come to share their gifts and encouragement um, to take care of them. And 
that's very familiar with those who were converted from Judaism. Um, even the Greeks at the time and the other people emphasized hospitality. It could be dangerous to be in a town, for example, after hours without knowing anyone there. Um, and so hospitality was important for safety and also it represented your family and your value system. So he's making mention of someone who was a lot less than hospitable to some extreme um, ways and making note of that person. And as a spiritual father, he's saying, I'll deal with that person when I get there. And so that's in the letter. But let's look at this one part here, right? Verse 11. Verse 11. It says, Beloved, Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, and but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So the Amplified opens that up a little bit. So let's open that up together. It says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. He who does good is of God. He who does evil has not seen, meaning discerned or experienced God, meaning also has enjoyed no vision of him and does not know him at all. So in the context of what's going on here in verse 11, we see the echo of things that are talked about in the rest of scripture, um, specifically uh, in how we act when we are children of God. Uh, we are compelled to imitate or do what is good. Uh, we are not comfortable uh, doing what is evil. In fact, we feel great conviction when we do what is evil, when we know we're supposed to do what is good. You know, um, well, Hebrews 6.12 says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit promises. First uh, Peter 3.13 says, And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? You know, you see this also in Thessalonians 1.6, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Um, 2.14 in First Thessalonians says, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. And finally, 2 Timothy 3.10, of course, says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Um, we're looking at this because... Um, the Bible reinforces that we are to be imitators at first. Um, remember in 1 John 2.29, it says, If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. And 1 John 3.6-9 says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, little children let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So again, guys, uh, I mean that as family members, of course, men and women of God, of Christ, who are listening. Um, 
the, the tone and the principle and the focus of John's epistle is that this is the fruit that should be in your life. You know, first, the fruit of repentance when we come to Christ, you know, at the time of conversion, when things are clearly stated, the gospel message is clearly expressed, and you may come forward if you're in a church setting or just come to a place of saying a sinner's prayer of any number of ways as we share the the ABCs leading you to conversion at the end of each message. Uh, Someone may have just mentioned that to you at a bus stop, and you talk to God plainly. At the point of conversion, there is regret and remorse of what you've done, but there should also be the sensation of the power and presence of God and His forgiveness. And with that forgiveness compels you, it's His love, it's His commitment to you, compels you to want to reject the lifestyle of the past, the things you used to do, the things you used to say, even the things you used to speak and think, you know, the the presence of God in your life becomes apparent and so you start to confess these things and of course in um, an ideal situation you would be surrounded by like-minded believers who also have been through that same phase and transition into a life of Christ and as that life grows of course the conviction And the repentance remains that fruit or evidence of wanting to turn from sin and turn to righteousness. But what increases is your imitation. So with like-minded believers and with someone to disciple you and a Bible study group, you are going to be imitating the character of others. You'll feel convicted if someone else starts to do something in sacrifice to God or gives up something, you know, of course, people who confess giving up their thought life or their private life, um, the things they surf on the internet and such might bring about gentle conviction of your choices when you're online or in private. And so it's a process of practicing righteousness as you hear about it. So you see, the Christian life is, is no solo thing. It's, it's not a one-man army. This is a unity and a community, and we encourage each other by our testimonies, through our confessions, when we see the conviction of someone and they confess a sin to the group, or they confess feeling regret about doing something, it helps us all to sense that level of conviction. And as we see people get victory over things, and we see their testimony be born right in front of us, Well, we realize more and more that we can have victory that's in Christ. So when Paul says this, he says, don't don't be an imitator of that which is evil. Be an imitator of that which is good. Because when you are in the fellowship of like-minded believers, when you're in the presence of God, when you're around other people who can teach you how to get in the presence of God or educate you on what it means to be in the presence of God, then your relationship with God becomes more and more authentic. If I can give you an example to help to make this connection, you know, when you first get married, everything is wonderful and perfect for the most part. I mean, they are the person you've decided to spend the rest of your life with. If if you've had the ability or made the decision to do things the, the proper way, then you've been through counsel for six months to a year so that your pastor could feel, um, free to bless you 
and perform that wedding. You've had the support of your family and you've experienced a few challenges and, and you've made it through those challenges and you've still decided to stick with the commitment to get married and you've had this public display of a marriage just to let others know that you're coming together with God as the center uh, center cord of your threefold cord. And after a period of time, six months, a year, maybe two years, that newness wears off and you start to have real challenges or maybe you've both become very busy with work and you've grown a little bit apart um, something comes up, an emotional landmine or a situation, uh, a pet peeve or a trigger. And it turns into something else, something that you didn't expect and something that you're not enjoying. There's tension, there's distance, there's miscommunication, all kinds of things. And so that's one of the first times where you think about, man, this is just not fun anymore. You have to make a choice. All the more in this day and age when it's so easy to get public support for divorce. But when you decide to stay together and you reestablish communication and you look at the situation and understand where it went wrong, with that reinforced commitment comes reinforced security and peace and a greater understanding of one another. And it's the same way in Christianity. It's, it's also brand new and you feel forgiven of your sin and you feel accepted by a group of people that you maybe have looked up to or felt that they were, you know, any number of things, maybe better than you. And then you get a real challenge or you falter and you slip up and do something like your old self. Well, you can feel that awesome weight of rejection or you know, lack of acceptance, or you can come and confess it to your discipler or to the church as a whole, if you've affected the whole church. And you should once again feel that acceptance, the forgiveness, and it should reinforce your commitment, knowing that God is committed to you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Seeing that the church will never leave you or forsake you, that they understand and some of them may even share moments when they faltered or, or their struggle. And so you will enter into discipleship. You'll want to study more wholeheartedly, more diligently. But in this whole interim, you're imitating. You know, you see other people doing a certain thing, you do it. Until you understand why they do it. You know, some people even get baptized more than once. The first time, depending on the church, it may take you into baptism right away after conversion. But there should be an educational process as what baptism means and why you're doing it and how you can relate to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How it's burying your old life and raising you up in a very public way to say, I'm serving Jesus Christ. And you may want to do that again after having a better understanding of that. Uh, some people renew their vows in marriage. And so I want to encourage you today through this message and what Paul's saying uh, in the scriptures that we've quoted as well as what John's saying in third John, you know, being imitators is okay in the beginning, but we dig deeper and we understand why. And then we commit to doing those things unto God. But if we're still imitating our old ways, if we're still practicing unrighteousness, then there's a very big concern about our salvation. And so confess this to someone, help them to understand 
what your struggle is and then hear their testimony of their struggle. Let them pray for you and let them hold you accountable and, and gently correct you and encourage you. You'll grow in your commitment to God. You'll realize that he's never going to leave you and you'll become more and more steadfast in your growth and development. You will be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's our goal when we get together here. I know there's all kinds of interpretations and considerations and maybe we don't have enough time twice a week. Um, I understand all those that are loyal to the WhatsApp group, people come and go. They wanted that group to be something else that maybe it isn't. Um, but that's a reflection of our commitment to Christ. You know, we're in, we're out, we're disappointed, so we leave. Um, it's not what we thought or we think we can do it better. And then eventually we realize the consistency of God, the faithfulness of God. And we learn to be people of commitment. We commit to those Bible studies. We commit to the fellowship. We commit to those chat groups. And so I want to encourage those who've been listening. Dig deeper in your own discipleship so you can hear from God. And read your word every day, family. Study it. Meditate. Memorize on it. And pray the word of God. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, every single time we're going to share this with you, A, just admit. Admit you're not living the life God has given you. B, believe, meaning trust that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ can cover your sin. And C, confess. Confess your sins to God, yes. Confess a sin to another person to hold you accountable, but confess that you have decided to follow Jesus. Cut some of those strings from the past and connect yourself to people who are in the same direction, fellows in the same ship. And if you've done that, you've entered into conversion. Now listen to us twice a week here. You can look up DHL Ministries on YouTube and see some videos and some devotionals. You can hear um, many of these broadcasts as we've kept them as podcasts by looking up DHL Ministry Podcast. And you don't even have to download them. You can just listen to them on anchor.tv or on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. And start to actively pray. Pray. We, we ask for your prayers for this ministry, but pray for this radio station, for Metro FM and all the people there. God is using them to make a way for this ministry and other things. Pray for their protection and guidance. Pray for your families, for salvation unto your household. And pray for connectivity, real discipleship with someone who can pour their life in Christ into you. You know, we want to help you. We want to guide you. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And you learn to hear his still small voice by knowing your word. I'm so grateful <laughs> for you guys tuning in again today. And so thankful for your forgiveness and your patience with the dynamics of my transition to a new place. I'm grateful for the brother that oversees this ministry and ask you to pray for him and his family. And thank you guys. So we look forward to seeing you here again on Sunday morning. And may God richly bless you in the midst of all that's going on. May your life be blessed and a distinction to show the others that you will serve Jesus no matter what. May his peace reign in your life. Not the peace of this world, but the peace he left with us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.